Good evening. Uh, welcome to the latest episode of the Magic Cast. I'm your host Scott Monroe. Welcome to episode one one one. Nelson, uh, for us cricket fans, <laughs> uh, it's just two of us tonight. Uh, it's just myself and Imran. How are we? We're good, thank you. Um, before I start, happy belated Thanksgiving to our American followers. I uh, hope you had a really enjoyable Thursday. Stuffed yourself with turkey. Enjoyed the. Uh, European football and maybe the NFL afterwards and then I would imagine enjoyed the Black Friday sales which I've had about 15 emails today from PlayStation and Amazon and et al uh, <laughs> trying to spend my money and I, I did see a lot of people tweeting out about uh, football sales at clubs I think Roma are having a, a discount sale uh, I know my club Swin & Town were having one so I hope people had a nice th- uh, Thanksgiving and enjoyed the Black Friday sales. Um, so Imran, Roma four, sorry Anil, we were talking a bit off pod. Um, it was quite, quite in- entertaining. It was quite. It was a very comprehensive, um, professional performance. Um, we said, I said off pod. The scoreline wasn't flattering. To be honest, it really should have been eight or nine. Um, Roma could have been about three and up after about the first ten minutes, but. Um, Carlos Perez opened scoring after a wonderful outside of the boot cross from Stefano Sharari. Uh, Nicolo Zaniolo added a second, his first, I think that's his first goal of the season. Um, he did score in the qualification. Uh, qualification, the yes, yes, yes. Think, yeah. Yes, second goal of the season, sorry. First goal for quite a while. Thank you for bringing that uh-huh. up. <laughs> um, yeah, that was months ago. And then, uh, Tammy Abraham nabbed the double in the second half. His f- second goal. A wonderful bicycle kick. Anything Robin Lewandowski can do, Tammy Abraham can do better. He says, winking, nodding mm-hmm. at the screen. I say in jest, probably Lewandowski will probably get Ballon d'Or this 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 uh, this summer, this summer, this year. Sorry, tongue twisted. Um, it was a really good performance, wasn't it, Imran? It, as I said, it really should have been eight or nine. Tammy Abraham missed a couple of chances. Zaniolo missed a couple and I think Shimodorov had one right at the end but that was uh, a really enjoyable performance it was it was um, like I like I mean like the message I sent you in the morning it was it was very easy it was surprisingly <laughs> easy and um, so yeah I I enjoyed the performance it was it was good to see a performance where you weren't uh, stressed out uh it was the kind of performance that you would have wanted against many more teams this season, uh, which we didn't see. Um, but we'll we'll get into the details. But yeah, overall it was it was uh, a very good performance. Yeah, um, I, was, I wanted to bring this up with you because we talked about it last pod. This new tactical setup, do you think it's here to stay now? And I feel it's more suited to the players that they've got in the. In the um, in the squad, I think it suits the defence as well, um, especially with Kumbula and Smalling. I think both of them played really well yesterday. I think they both help each other out. I feel Smalling helps out Kumbula as Smalling is 10 years older than both Kumbula and I think he's 9 years older than Mancini, so there's a good balance of youth and experience. So I just wanted your thoughts. Do you think that the... the the now three four one two three five two three four two one whatever you, th- you feel about it as a Roma fan, do you think this is the formation to stay now under Jose? It has to for a while, 
because mm. uh, we have to remember that this was a formation that this team was more or less built around for the past 18 months. 18, yeah, 18 months. He was about to say the same thing under Paolo Fonseca, yeah. Yeah, so this team is used to this formation. This team is used to the defensive... Uh, the defensive movements, I would say. I mean, how to stay compact in line, and you can see that Kumbula, he, he, he's better in this in this formation because he gets a lot of support from the two other defenders. Because, you know, honestly, he's he's very slow. I don't know whether he will make it at his level uh, for a club like Roma uh, in the long term because he gets. It's so easily exposed defensively one-on-one, even against some of the tricky players that Zoria had. Uh, but mm. that's why he, he, he functions well for uh, uh, in a three-man defense. I don't know which formation Albania play, but I suspect it should, it's either it's very defensive. Uh, uh, which makes him flourish because you, if you if you have a deep defensive line, then you don't take too many risks. You don't you don't get exposed as much uh, through counterattacks against you. So so that's why that's why he had an okay performance because we weren't exposed that much. We didn't allow them too much. So so that was good to see. I think this team is used to it. So regarding your question, I think for now this is the best way to go forward. Yeah, I completely agree. Sorry, I'm just looking at Albania's formations they played recently. Uh, back three. Yeah. Um, I think that, that explains was... it. Because it's, uh, you know, when we had a lot of people say that yeah, but you know, Kumbula is so good for Albania, and uh, they were blaming Mourinho uh, for his performance against Budaglimt in Norway. Um, I think that's it. That's a bit unfair on Mourinho because uh, uh, there were a lot of players that were used to that were used to you know a three-back line uh, and making them adapt uh, to a four-back. It, it takes time because you have different roles. You, mm. it, the whole, uh, your duties, uh, not just defending, but how you link up with your midfield going forward, it completely changes the dynamics. So it's something you have to train a lot uh, during your training sessions. Um, and secondly, also try to create a new form of understanding, bond, uh, try to understand the movements of your teammates. Uh, so the, it, it can take time. Uh, I w- wouldn't have expected us to struggle as much as we did because uh, I still thought we had a very good preseason. I, I thought that we, at times we looked uh, solid. I think we had something going on. But recently, uh, we played with the three-man defense against Venezia, but still... It was. Uh, it's not. It's not entirely the formation. It's also the the way you play, how much you risk, uh, how high um, up with you know the defensive line you stay, which ultimately results also. I mean, it's an indirect indicator of how many counter attacks you will 
you know, leak and allow your opponents to take. So, but yesterday's game was different in many other ways. In in the sense that you had an opponent which was tactically very poor. It reminded me of mm. the. Um, Başakşehir games we had uh, against the Turkish, you know, Istanbul Başakşehir last season. Yeah, uh, also, two seasons ago, 2019. Yeah, was it last, last season we met them in the group stage, or was it this year before? Perhaps. Yeah, 2019-20. It feels about three years oh, all aligned into shit. one. Yeah. Why? It feels like it. Yeah, I thought it was last season, but yeah. <laughs> Tactically naive yeah, script. Yeah, to They were, I think, quality wise, I think Brother Games is better, but I think Zoria uh, could, um, they're going to play the last game at home to Brother Glimps. I think they can take mm. a point there because th- their style of play suits Brother Glimps more. Uh, in that both teams are attacking, they would yes, also get yeah. more space there. They will face a team which doesn't have as much quality. Um, so the difference between Zori and Budaglimp, because that's also interesting. Uh, we spoke about uh, Budaglimp also playing very progressive, modern football, uh, forward-thinking coach. Uh, so why did it work so well for Budaglimp against Roma? Why did it work for Zori? I think. It's uh, it's the, it's also down to the level of uh, tactical. I won't say incompetence, but naivety, if you can put it in a barometer. I think yesterday's uh, yesterday's performance by Zoria it had very little balance, um, especially in defense, and it gave us a lot of space. It made uh, us look. Uh, I would say far more better than we actually are because mm. the space that your opponent gives you allows you to create a lot of chances. Um, makes your players look really good. They are good players. I mean, of course they are good. But I think uh, what we often uh, fail to see or struggle to see is uh, this type of performance in Serie A because teams in Serie A won't give you this much of space unless you have, um, you know... Occasionally, when you play some teams that have uh, um, tactics uh, which are very different from 90% of the other Serie A teams, uh, we saw it against. We, to an extent, we saw it against Fiorentina because they were playing uh, more attacking, left a lot of space behind. That's why our with ten men as well. Exactly, and and uh, that's why we saw. Uh, a lot of chances we so it, it will take uh, some more adaptation and some more patience and some more um, tactical awareness i would say um to to fully to to fully say that this team has recovered no, I agree. I do like the, the three-man backline in the setup. I think it gets the best out um, by full-backs or wing-backs. I think Rick Castle had one of his best games of the season yesterday. Um, he was quite energetic and I think um, looked quite well. Stefan Al-Shawari playing in a role that's probably he's not adapted. He's not played that role in probably in his career. He looks completely a different player this season, and in the last few months, uh, few weeks, sorry, and um, 
Having someone up front with Tammy Abraham helps. He, he looked a, a shadow of himself um, in the three games, I think, in October against your... Sorry, four games. It was Juventus, Napoli, AC Milan and Bodo Glimt. He just didn't have anyone up with him. But I think the, the setup with a three-man going to probably two up front, top, having a number 10, which hopefully could be Zaniolo, it could be Pellegrini, it could be Mkhitaryan, it's quite interchangeable. Um, or it could be Carlos Perez, which we were talking about on another pod, yeah. um, which which is, uh, we, oh, we were talking off uh, off pod. Um, there was some good standout players, from performances from players yesterday. Um, I thought Stefan Amshuari had a really good game at left left midfield slash left wing back. So did Rick Carlson up on the other side. Carlos Perez had a really good game in this hybrid. Did he play as a number 10 or did he play as a right-sided centre midfielder? Because um, it sort of drifted in and out. Zaniola as the second striker was outstanding. I think this that up top with Tammy Abraham it could really suit him. And he looked like he had the shackles released off him and it felt less... Like he wanted to stamp his authority on the game. Yeah, and he he did it uh, exceptionally, I would say too. Carlos Perez, I agree, he he had a very good game, and uh, that's uh, contrary to what I predicted in the last <laughs> pod. I <Yeah. laughs> I was fearing that he wouldn't have any space in this uh, three. And, you know, three, four, one, two, whatever we said. But yesterday we didn't play three, four, one, two. So perhaps I could save some face uh, <laughs> because uh, it was it was quite interchangeable, wasn't it? It was. So, it, yeah. It felt like uh, it, we play one striker, so it hmm. was uh, it was three, four uh, because the midfield. If if we accept Carstor uh, as a wing back. Al Sharabi mm. on the other wing back. There are two Mikitarian uh, in central midfield where Mikitarian was more free floating going forward but also helping a lot uh, mm. uh, helping out a lot in defense while there are two had more the defensive duties um, of those two if you met if you might say. And then Carlos Perez and Zaniolo had uh, we're playing free reign. Yeah, and you you saw that um, Zaniolo was even uh, attacking and winning possession from the right, even when Perez was there. Uh, but I think uh, the performance was also like like I said, it, it enhanced the performances of a lot of players due to the fact that they got a lot of space, and this is the type of. Uh, positions where these players perform uh, when they are given space, especially Carlos Perez. But Carlos Perez is very good one-on-one, and he's able to create chances out of nothing. Um, actually, <laughs> this might sound very uh, hypocritical, but I actually really, I actually like Carlos Perez and his style of play. Hmm. I I'm happy uh, to see. Uh, I'm very happy to see that he was able to perform the way. He did yesterday because it gives us um, an extra weapon uh, going into the next part of the season, which we are, you know, very quickly approaching, um, even from the bench, but also from uh, from the starting lineup. If he's if he's if he's to start, could you see him playing against teams who pl- like to play with a low block? 
so like a low defensive line, like giving him the free reign, him and Zaniolo behind um, Abraham. Uh, I think we might have a couple of games before the Christmas break where teams will play with a low block. Yeah, but but then again, I uh, this is the tricky part because this is the reason Mourinho didn't introduce Zaniolo against uh, against Genoa. Genoa because yeah. he felt that it would be it would have been difficult to play through the center because they were defending so deep with a lot of players and I agree with him to an extent that it was better to it only proved that to be more effective and better to to have introduced uh, Felix in the game because mm. with his performance and he has some different qualities so uh, it's difficult to say I wouldn't um, it's difficult to once again, you know, draw a conclusion because the yesterday's game is very different from the uh, from the game games in Serie A. In Serie a. Yeah. So, if you want to if you want to uh, make case for Zaniolo starting uh, the next game against uh, Torino, yeah, that's fine. I don't have any problem with that. But I think to expect him to have um, as great impact that he had. Yesterday will probably be a bit un- bit unfair on him, considering the mm-hmm. po- the opponent you will face. But um, uh, but he still deserves credit. I mean, he uh, he, he proved that uh, there's a quality player in him, and he he proved this against Juventus as well. So it w- I think I think we have to just be a bit cautious with our expectations because it puts a lot of pressure. On uh, Zaniolo, which is not healthy for him, uh, but yeah, I, I definitely think. Uh, and then again, you don't know how Mourinho had one theory that Zaniolo probably wasn't the best player to play against Genoa in the situation that we found ourselves in. But you never know. You never know what would have happened if he actually got to play. So we just have to see. Perhaps we will discover. Um, new things uh, because I think yesterday we uh, we discovered a lot of new things in terms of the options we have and the way we can play, the way we can utilize them, both Carlos Perez and Zaniolo playing them instead of playing Shomorodov and Abraham on top which we thought was a very good idea against Genoa and we thought it was, it was the right thing to do and the obvious thing to do and yesterday gave us other options in the sense that we can play Zaniello as a false nine, where he has, uh, where he has, uh, f- you know, like uh, a free roll behind mm-hmm. the attacker. He can play a second striker. He can drop deep, you know, take possession. I think it would be good for Zaniello to be liberated from that right wing role because yes. he. He, it was getting obvious that he was getting frustrated and not really belonging there. So yesterday's uh, yesterday's performance and the role that he played in suited him very well. Uh, I mean, uh, of course, uh, taking into consideration the op- opponent, but I think still mm. he he deserves to to play in that role or similar role in the upcoming games, if not against uh, Torino, definitely against Bologna. And then we have an interesting uh, match next Saturday, yeah, against Inter, where 
where he could, uh, he, he, you know, the, the two games coming up can give us a lot of uh, answers to uh, our our options, how well they play. So I, I think uh, this is the beauty, but also uh, also which keeps us, you know, excited and always in check that. Anything can happen from one game to another, so we just have to wait and see. But um, I think it, it, I was re- it was really it was really good to see the the options opening up. Then we can get so much more out of Zaniolo than the depressing right wing role that he had. Yeah, um, I play him on the right wing on Football Manager, so and he actually does a good job for me on that. But that's a simulated football game, and this is real life, so exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, it's it's quite hard to find a balance because I remember under Fonseca, Fonseca played him as a what he played him on the right, um, he played him in the centre, um, and this was before his knee injury. Mm. I remember Eusebio Di Francesco played him as a number. 10 when he switched his formation for a 4-3-3 to a 4-2-3-1 I do feel his best position is played in the centre I think he can play in midfield um, he could play as in a like in a 3 like the attacking midfielder in a 4-3-3 uh. or he can play as like um, the second striker number 10 um, I've seen fans of Italian national team would love to see him as players as the force 9 but uh. I think you probably won't see that in the qualifiers for the for the World Cup playoffs, because I think that might be a bit of a risk, but you could see that going forward. Could be an option, definitely. Mm. Um, so that was Rome for Zoria nil. Uh, we'll preview Sunday evening's game against Torino. I think it's five games, is it, in the next 15, 16 days, as there's a midweek round of action of Roma away in Bologna. And then Imran's just mentioned the big game next Saturday, Saturday evening, which sadly I'm missing, but we'll have recording. I'm at another game um, against Inter Milan. 5.15 kickoff on a 5.15, 5pm 5 kickoff. And then if you're in the UK, it's on 5.15 because of the stupid blackout rule. And then it's uh, is it CSK Sofia um, in 13 days' time, and I I think then it's the Monday night game against Spezia, and then it's Atalanta and Sampdoria, the final two games of the of the year. So it's a bit of a, a hectic schedule. So seven seven games in under what four weeks? Yeah, that's that's, that's, tight that's quite yes yeah. yeah, tight schedule, and I think they've got a two week. I would say a two-week break. I think it's the fifth or sixth, the first round of action in January. But yeah, um, so Torino on Sunday. Um, my stat, which was uh, which we talked about off air. Yeah. If you if you fancy a flutter or a bet on this game, um, I would suggest Roma to win one 0 As Torino have lost their last three Serie A games away from home, one 0 one 0 away at Napoli, one 0 away at AC Milan, and one 0 away at Spezia. Hmm. So it's it's quite interesting. It's a good shout, at least. Is it? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. There, um, I did some research as I do match previews for AS Roma 360. Um, they've won, so their last six games in Serie A, it's a loss-win, 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 with the three defeats to Napoli, AC Milan and Spezia. They've also beaten, I think it's Genoa, um, Sampdoria and Udinese so it's three three wins three draws but with Ivan Juric in charge 
I do feel this Torino side is progressing. Um, he remember he is a Giampiero Gasparini disciple and likes to play with three four two one. And Torino do have some good players, and they've got a player up front who maybe in the last eight months of his contract could be a move to anywhere else in Europe or in Italy next season. Andrea Bellotti, who was um, courted by Roma in the summer. Um, how do you see this go- game going on Sunday? I think it'll be a tough game. Torino are a good side. I know they've they've lost a, a, a bit this season. I think, remember, this is a, f- a first season under Ivan Juric. He, he will get this side playing good football. They were quite unlucky against AC Milan a couple of weeks ago, but I feel this is, could be a tough game on Sunday. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I am, yeah, once again, I'm curious and excited to see how the team will line up, which team we will see, uh, because we've seen many Roma teams in different ways, shape. So I'll, I'll be curious to see how they will line up, which mentality they will come up with, uh, come up with, and how, how Torino will play. They have, you mentioned the the recent form, and it's also worth mentioning that the last three def- they have three defeats in a row away from home, so they've got their correct me if I'm wrong, but they got their victories at victories at home, so could, uh, uh, could it would be a tough game for Torino as well, but I I didn't rate Ivan Juric as a coach in his early days. Um, I thought at Ge- was that at Genoa where under the crazy ownership. Yeah, uh, I he had a good season in Serie. B. He had a good season in Serie B. He was hired by Genoa. Then I was like, I know Genoa is a very difficult environment to coach because of yeah, due to the ownership. Preziosi was yeah, a crazy man. Uh, <laughs> that's a blunt way of putting it. Yeah, that's a very nice. That's a very nice <laughs> way of <laughs> saying it. <laughs> but uh, but I think he ha- he did exceptionally well with Hellas Verona. Mm, completely and, agree. And uh, the way, not just that he did well, but it was the consistency in which he performed, uh, the football that he played, and what he managed to do despite limited resources uh, that was impressive and um, now he had a slow start uh, in Torino but now he's proving that he's getting his team to play um, the football that he wants to play and they are um, he has implemented his ideas and they're finally taking shape so uh, and like you said narrow defeats uh, to, to big sides and they played well had the chances, so it will be a difficult game against, um, a, you know, one of the more, you know better coaches in Serie A, I would say. Yeah, um, just I was doing my research on him since his retirement in 2010. He's only coached in Italy, and this is from a he started his career in Croatia, and he's a Croatian international. And I think he's adapted his coaching style in Italy really, really well. And as you said, the 22 months he had at Hellas was amazing. Remember that, that first season? They were outstanding. They were one of the best teams outside the top seven. And that team got ripped apart, didn't it, very badly. And then it didn't really work last season, but they did play some really good football. 
and you start to get in it now with Torino, um, it's going to be interesting to say. Um, I think he's got some good players in that team. I'm all, I'm a massive fan of Wilfred Singo, and the sky's the limit with him. He's a wonderful um, right wing back, and him against Stefano Sharari on on Sunday could be a very very interesting battle. Yeah. Uh, and it, in, interesting to see how one if one of the back three do a, a, a man marking job on Belotti because oh. he likes to come deep. He doesn't stay in, in the as a penalty box striker. He's more of a link man. He likes to come deep and works hard for the team. Um, but yeah, I'm so intrigued to see what happens on Sunday. Yeah, me too. And and like I said, it will be a difficult game and all that. Uh, I have respect for Torino as an opponent and uh, even Juric. But we have to admit that we we simply have to win. I mean, no excuses. Mm-hmm. Uh, despite uh, despite uh, Torino being Torino, I, I, we need the points. We need to we need to make three out of three after the international break, and yes. there are no excuses if we want to, if we want to uh, you know still fight for the top four for the Champions League spot. There are no really excuses. You just have to uh, beat this team, uh, and uh, it should be enough just with quality, but preferably. By by playing uh, good football and good football, I don't mean necessarily attacking football. I think there are there are a lot of ways to play good football, uh, quality football. I just want to see you know a solid performance, um, especially defensively, and then yeah, uh, hope we can um, we can take our chances because we know that we get a lot of them. We just need to become more clinical. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if we do that, I think I'll be I'll be very happy. <laughs> yeah, um, especially as uh, as we're playing at the five p.m. six p.m. local time kickoff. Lazio, who are above, uh, are playing Napoli on on Sunday evening in a big game. And if we can get a win out of that, it pushes us away from in uh, from Lazio, sorry, and to Atalanta and into occupy third and fourth. So and we both play them. In December, as you've got Inter on the next Saturday, and I think we've got Atalanta on the 18th. So it's it's going to be it's it's a bit congested, and we need the points. I'm, it's going to be close. I'm not going to say a prediction because I don't want this to bite me on the backside. But I'm I'm confident, but I'm really intrigued to see what happens. Yeah, and uh, uh, I, t- I completely agree. But yeah. We we need the points. I mean, once again, no excuses. <laughs> but I, I I would still I would still like to not panic if that doesn't happen because yes, uh, we need to see everything uh, in context of what's happening on the pitch, and we have to analyze everything accordingly before drawing conclusions because it's just too easy mm. to say after a game that you know everything is messed up and. We have been very vocal after games of, uh, I think, at least trying to analyze what went wrong and uh, what should have been done. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, we we hope and we expect Roma to take three points because that's that's all you can uh, uh, that's all you can expect realistically uh, with the team that we have and. Uh, what we should be doing. So uh, let's see how it goes. Um, 
and yeah we'll take it from there cue a 4-4 thriller which will give us both cardiac and then it'll be great for the mutual but us will suffer that's final final last words um i think we've i think we probably talked as much as we could about the two the game last night and the game on sunday and we did say i did say off pod 15 20 minutes i think we've gone almost 35 but now nah, it's okay um guys you can follow the magicast at lemagicast.com and all our previous op- podcast episodes you can find us on all podcast platforms so you sound soundcloud bloody hell my voice is about to pack up and on friday evening it's been a long week um on soundcloud stitcher tune in podbean spotify by the way i did lose my voice last week at football and it was a bit <laughs> a bit scratchy on tuesday after watching swindon play so you know i didn't um, even notice the difference you know whenever you uh, watch these when you say them so convincingly that it, I, think, <laughs> <laughs> I can feel if you can feel it going you go um i felt it going but it's yeah we, i shouted at quite a lot of football in a week but yeah um <laughs> uh, Imran, thank you once again for joining me on this endless Friday evening to talk about a really glorious 4-0 home win in the Europa Conference League and we've qualified out of our group potentially second but we'll have to wait for two weeks um, thank you thank you, thank you man it's always a pleasure uh, it's been the deadly duo in the last couple of weeks when Sam is ready and uh, not busy we'll be at the, the, the wonderful trio back the Batistuta Montella Totti of the podcast I said jokingly yeah. <laughs> and then we can decide who's who <laughs> yeah Totti me no I'm joking <laughs> um, thank you once again always remember for Roma and ciao ciao